0: i like the choice i i would have expected it maybe next week right before the season but this this music got me jacked for this episode in the the upcoming
1: fantasy football season then I think I've got a I think I got a really good one for next week, so I wanted to hit this with oh, you right heard. here. I'm I'm looking in advance. I'm feeling good about the energy going into next week.
0: How many weeks in advance do you go?
1: Usually just two.
0: I it's spend good.
1: I spend most so, of my afternoon thinking about what to play for next week.
0: You
2: prep this two weeks in advance.
1: Yeah, and I don't do shit about it. But
2: notes else. or anything for the actual <laughs> podcast itself out the window.
1: Um, I am here for the music and the collective humor. Okay. I am I am the sidekick. Like, have you ever seen The Incredibles? Yeah, of course. Okay, I I'm Incrediboy. <laughs> I'm basically a liability to have around that can fuck shit up immediately and have a childish personality.
0: You're basically um, like the late night sidekick.
1: Who's the what's the one fucking guy in Spaceball or yeah yeah Spaceballs? I'm blanking on his I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, The big guy.
2: John Candy. John Candy
1: Candy plays it, yeah. But what's what's the character's name in the movie? I
0: have no earthly idea. I don't know, but I think you're like the Andy Richter to Conan O'Brien, like the. Gear mode Jimmy Kimmel. Like oh, that—that's that, who you are to the, in this podcast, and you play your role well. You know, in life, you gotta know your role and just dominate it. And I
1: think you yeah. crushed it, Dan.
0: It was it's
2: barf.
1: Like, barf. Oh, that's what it was. Yep. All right. If anybody that got that before we did, please make sure you drop us a line and let us know. You, number one, you listen to the podcast for a minimum of two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. and we'll appreciate that. But Nick, let's do, let's uh let's do the intros and get us going here.
0: Yeah, we're well, the game's all here. Joined as always by Mr. Dan Weber and Mr. Nick Ruth. Dan, how's your week been?
1: I sat through an eight hour training today. I am I I've had one drink already. I'm midway through the second one, so we're gonna be good. I'm surprised only through one drink. I know it it is nine oh six when we're doing it here, but I have to be somewhat sober to make sure that I can say names.
0: Mm, the bar is minimum, but you declare it every time. Appreciate and it. we're also joined by Nick. How are you doing? Good, good. Can't complain. I like it. All right. Well, this week's podcast, we're going to go through uh, recapping the third and fourth round of our rookie draft. Um, And then we'll just kind of recap the draft as a whole. Um, You know, the fun part of our draft is that it's split three months apart. So just maybe a quick look back at the first and second round. Any players we're loving, not loving, opinions have changed for the better or worse of the last couple months. Um, and then we'll wrap up with just some quick uh, last-minute draft uh, comments uh, before we finish the the episode for the week. Sound good, boys? Let's roll. All right. Well, let's jump in with uh, starting with the third round. And the first overall pick in this round was held by Mr. Steve Applehans, and he took. I mean, might have been a surprise if this was the beauty of this draft is sometimes like the players that were obvious. Um, now aren't the ones that would have been obvious three months ago. He took Luke Musgrave, tied in for the Green Bay Packers. Nick, how did you feel about this pick?
2: Well, last at the end of the second round, I was harping how I was amazed Josh Jones didn't get picked. Mm-hmm. He didn't get much hype, so I guess, but I still think the talent's there. I had him as my first pick, so a little surprising. I will say, though, I went 15 of 20 picks right or like in the two rounds and i actually had more in the right spots this time than the first two rounds
0: that's that pretty impressive. Wildly
1: impressive yeah it's very impressive
0: i went on a tear at the end of the fourth somehow yeah i think we both went the same i believe we both we went 18 and out of 24 but i had five exact and you had six so i
2: only missed five so i had oh okay 19 19. I blame the spreadsheet you sent me. 5, one, two, three, four, five in the exact spots, yeah.
0: Okay, but <laughs> so, I mean, Luke Musgrave—he's been someone that's—I is it fair to say, out of all the players that were available, he's had the most hype? You know, this no. training camp and no. I think the next guy would probably has more hype.
1: Really interesting. Yeah. Dan, do you agree with that? No, I was I was all big on Luke Musgrave. I was really hoping that. There was going to be a couple oversights and it was going to fall to five, but no, I think I think Musgrave going here at three one was probably where I would have gone.
0: Yeah, I lean with you, Nick, or with you, Dan, as well. I think Musgrave he had the hype, and then you know preseason games are always tricky. Um, You've got to look. You know, it's a lot of things. You know, who are they playing with? Who are they not playing with? Like, what are they doing when they are playing? And even when you look at all that, sometimes that's not going to definitively give you a yes or no answer with the player. But with Luke Musgrave, the hype was unreal. And at least for the preseason, like anytime, like the starters, like the Christian Watsons, the Aaron Jones, like those guys, Romeo Dobbs have played, like he's been on the field and played with them. And he's been in all the passing routes and done all that fun stuff that you want to see. I think Luke Musgrave was the no brainer pick. I was a little surprised that he went just because I didn't think that someone would do it, but I think Steve knocked it out of the park.
1: I agree.
0: All right, well, number two, uh, the second pick in the third round was held by Chris, and auto-picked. He said he was fine with it, so I don't even know if this would have been his guy, but he ended up taking Roshan Johnson, running back for the Chicago Bears. Nick, this was your guy. Um, tell us about him. How, do, how how do you like the pick, and what do you think you, uh, Chris can expect from this year?
2: If he wasn't behind arguably the greatest running back prospect we've seen in the last 20 years, he would have come in with a ton of hype. Um, the Bears running back room is short. There's not much in front of him. The offense has looked good, and I think he was the most talented player on
0: the board. Do you think that he's going to st- step in this year and get consistent playing time and production, or what's like kind of your timeline? Oh, for sure. I for think him? he's going to be
2: kind of the main. The 60 with Khalil Herbert and Foreman probably be in the 40.
1: I don't know, man. Like I, it, my issue is it's a crowded backfield. And well, yes, he's I think he's going to compete 100%. Herbert hasn't really kind of uh, he's established himself as obviously the what was he, the most yards per carry last season. Foreman is coming off as a backup. Travis Homer's coming off as a backup, so he's going to compete. I don't know. I don't think I know enough about him necessarily. To have that big of a hype mm-hmm. as you have, and I just don't like the fact that it's crowded with a bunch of could be's, maybes, be's, hopefully's. Um, but he would have to. He would have to jump pretty far ahead and impress a couple coaches to me to. Um, but isn't to be but, there. But that's like a perfect so, landing spot? I,
0: yeah, Nick, you're gonna take the words out of my mouth. Go for it. Like, don't you want a running back to land somewhere
2: that doesn't have anyone established, especially? fourth round now for a running backs, pretty good capital. And again, if you look at his stats, he was one of the best runners last year. He just happened to be
1: behind Bijan John Robinson. Yeah. I, I which I'll give you credit for. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take anything away from there. I just, yes, being in a, in a open ended backfield is encouraging. As long as you're the guy that has the guy that's going to take the reins. And I guess with the opportunity at 3.2 to have somebody that could do that is encouraging.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, Musgrave and Johnson were like the top two players available, and I thought they were noticeably higher than everyone else that was on the clock. Um, I, you know, I was with Dan on the last pick. I'm with you, Nick, on this pick. I think Johnson, it it might be a slow start because I think Khalil Herbert's pretty talented, but I think because of Johnson's more well-rounded abilities to be like the pass catcher, the third down back, seemingly from all accounts, like a very strong pass blocker. Um, He's going to get on the field in those impact situations. Um, Fields could be a wild card that could work against him for some fantasy production, but we'll see how that plays out. But I like Johnson long-term. I'm not entirely confident in him for this year, but I think long-term, or at least towards the end of the year, I think he'll come on. Uh, All right. The third pick in the third round was held by Armand. He was on back-to-back. And with this first one, he took Chase Brown, Running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, Dan. What are your thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, lead backup spot in my eyes this is a this is a injury piece waiting potentially to to put him in a lead role. Um, it has looked okay in the preseason so far. Nothing flashy, but nothing nothing ugly. Um, I guess I'm kind of indifferent on on the pick here. Nick. Yeah, I mean, I don't think
2: he was probably the best available. He's an older running back. He does have a pretty easy way to to carry, with Cincinnati being pretty light on running backs. Uh, Mixon just restructured, so he could be on his way out. But I don't see a way he gets much play unless Mixon goes down. And even then, I could see them bringing in a vet.
0: So... Yeah, he was taken at the end of the fifth round, and I think he's the one interesting one that if the draft had continued in May, I think he would have been a slam-dunk pick um, early in the third round, maybe even higher than this pick, I don't know. Um, But there really hasn't been a lot of buzz for him, and I think, Dan, you kind of hit the nail on the head. He hasn't flashed or really done anything buzzworthy, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also not necessarily a good thing, Um, you know, when... Chris Evans, Travion Williams, um, who I think there's another guy, like they're not necessarily flashing either, but like, he's not pulling ahead of like those guys. Um, I was drafted in the fifth round, so he's going to definitely get his opportunity, but I don't feel great. And I think I agree with you, Nick. I don't know if he's the best player, um, that was on the, or that was available when Armand was on the clock. Moving on to the fourth pick, Armand's uh, second one already in this round. He went with Josh Downs, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Nick, you want to jump in with this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, when we did the first two rounds, I think I had him going at 2-3. So I'm pretty (laughs) high on him. I think he's super talented. He goes into a good spot with not too much competition. I mean, you got Pittman... Maybe Alec Pierce, you could say. And otherwise, that wide receiver room's ugly. Their tight end room's pretty ugly. They potentially are losing their RB1. And they have a rookie quarterback who's not known for throwing well. So it's a messy spot, but he he has an easy way for snaps. And it can, in theory, only get better. Um, I like it. I think he is i maybe would have taken one wide receiver above him but i like his landing spot and i think it's can only go up
1: yeah i agree i think downs is this is a again for as much as i would have criticized the chicago running back room the you brought it up the wide receiver room here in indianapolis is coin flip after coin flip week to week isaiah mckenzie's out there brashad perryman he's got a chance to shine and I think that's a that's a big one, especially if you can get chemistry with the young quarterback and Anthony Richardson, who has officially been named the starter for week one for the Indianapolis Colts. I I'm I'm a fan of the downs pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be a good player, but he's probably the one that I've soured on most from May to now. I do believe in Anthony Richardson from a fantasy perspective, but I'm not sure that Anthony Richardson's slack eye. Is going to be a very valuable piece. Um, he has to take a pretty big step forward as a passer. And, you know, while that has been done um with some quarterbacks of late, I don't think it's a shoe-in to expect that to happen. I don't know. I I don't love Downs um situation. And but I mean, I guess he did get trapped in the third round. You know, he has that draft capital, but I I'm just not a huge fan of him, but In the third round, I know that all these these picks are going to be coin flips, so you really can't fight it too much. But I don't love this pick. Dan, you're on the clock here uh, with the fifth overall pick in the third round, and this—I mean, for I I thought this guy was going to get drafted, but it was maybe a little bit earlier than I was expecting. You took Mr. Deuce Vaughn, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. You want to give us your thoughts, your mindset on this one?
1: Yeah, I, he had a good week, the week prior. I, like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. That is 100% where I thought was going to happen. I thought he was going to be number two behind Pollard. He's small. He's shifty. He's quick. But after watching him last week, I'm kind of like, I should have taken the other guy. I absolutely wanted, because I think I had an opportunity for the other guy. But Deuce Vaughn showed me he had some talent last week. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going to play the hunch here and say, oh, this is probably a good situation for him. This offense, it's dynamic, it's open. There's a lot of things that can happen with it. So I, I that's where I play it. I 100% with, with the fact that I saw him week one and the stats and the highlights and was like, yep, this is the guy I want here.
0: So if we went back in time to May, there's like almost no chance this guy would have been on your radar.
1: Not with the players that I'm still looking at, yes.
0: Okay. Nick, what what are your thoughts? Are you concerned at all about the size? Or
1: yeah, have you like seen that...
0: <laughs> videos or pictures put
2: yeah. out? It looks like a
0: Make a Wish kid's running through the tackles.
2: Yep. He's. I just don't think his body's going to hold up. Um. Yeah, there there's maybe one or two people out would picked over him, but Dan needs running backs, and this is the best running back available by a good bit, I think. So, I don't blame him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's by far the most talented, or he was extremely productive and talented in college. You know, if he would have been 40 pounds heavier, four inches taller, he would have been like probably drafted on the second round of the, you know, NFL draft. But I'm with you, the size thing, I mean, it's just how how does that work? You know, there's some guys like Darren Sproles of the world that just last. But then there's other guys that like, they break down the first year, and then it's not really a surprise, like, when you look back and why they failed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's—both preseason games, he's been pretty awesome, so I can't fault you too much
1: here, Dan. It was—like I said, it was just—I saw the highlights. I saw it all. This was—all right, maybe this guy's got a shot, and you take it, and it is what it is.
0: I respect it. All right, Um, right, I'm on the clock with the sixth overall pick here in the third round, and I went with Tank Dell— wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Um, my thought process going in the pick, like I really thought after the top two guys went, it was a relative heavy crapshoot for the next like 10 picks in this round or of uh, players available. Um, Tank Dell has probably been one of the players that have gotten a decent amount of buzz um, in the buildup, like through training camp and then the preseason. And then the first game, he was quite productive. Um, didn't play in the second one. So this was honestly me just going for the player that I perceived as the, the highest value right now. Um I, I don't a hundred percent believe in him, but you know, I think he was the best player available from a value standpoint. So I'm fine with rolling with that in the third round. I would agree. Nick, okay, go for it, Dan. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I just I'm just I like looking at the players that went ahead of it there, you're right. This is a big gray area and Tank Dell obviously brings um not necessarily size, but he brings some pass catching ability um to the table. And again, another rookie QB and a lot of wide open spots. It's good to see me- Mechie back. Robert Woods is down there, but I think Tank Dell has a chance to compete.
2: Yeah, this is probably the best player on the board, so I don't fault you. Um there's the hype that CJ Stroud once he got drafted, said get this guy for me. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of some hype. But like Dan said, you know, Mechie's coming back nico and woods it's a crowded field but that team sucks so who knows what they're gonna do
0: yeah it's kind of similar to the the bears running back room in the sense that there's a lot of bodies a lot of okay to maybe good bodies but no one's cemented themselves as like the guy or like someone that just needs to be played um you could probably order the running or the wide receiver room in any order, and I wouldn't be surprised three months from now if that's how the the Texans' depth chart look. A um, lot of unknown with that team. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds in the next month or so. Armand's back on the clock with the seventh pick here in the third round, and he goes with the tight end Darnell Washington, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Start with you, Nick. What are your thoughts on this one? Dude is a behemoth of a man.
2: His catch from the Combine, I think, was absurd. Um, I like him. I probably would have taken him above Deuce Vaughn, but otherwise, and probably Brown. But I think it's a good pick. Um, Pat fearmouth is decent. The rest of their pass catchers, they brought just brought in Allen Robinson, but who knows there. Um, they're a pretty run-heavy team, so they do the jumbo sets. So it's a lot of tight end play. Could be exciting. Um He's a big dude. He's just stupidly athletic, young. So it's a tight end. You always take those tight end crapshoots, and
1: hopefully they hit. Yeah, and I think that's the big piece there is it is? this is a crapshoot. I don't love the landing spot. I think Firemouth has cemented himself as number one, but like Nick said, they you run a couple jumbo sets. You get two on the, the board there. Pickens Johnson and Robinson, you've got Najee who's going to run the ball. My big question is Kenny Pickett. Does does Pickett have the ability to spread the ball around a little bit to where he becomes relevant with Pat still on the roster? I think that's a no, but you can't fault a guy who who is six seven two sixty five. Yeah. That's just insane physical st- 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 <sighs> statistics. Um, yeah,
0: and a sport that every player is a freak he is like the freakest of freaks. Like, it just doesn't make sense that a guy can like be that big and move like that, block like that, catch like that. Um, I think he'll be an exciting chess piece for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I definitely agree with you for a lot of the reasons you laid out, Dan, and will that he be relevant. Um, a lot of things working against him, but all the talent in the world, so I wouldn't be shocked And in the third round. I think that's this is the type of guy that you want to roll the dice on. Moving on uh, with the eighth pick in the third round, Stefan was on the clock, and he took Michael Wilson, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Dan, why should we
1: be excited about this pick? I don't think there's a reason to be. This one, oh, I I think this is like I just I am nowhere near wanting to touch a Arizona Cardinal right now, especially one in the wide receiver room. Colt McCoy's gonna be your guy. Yeah, Murray's gonna have the opportunity to come back here. But Hollywood Brown's there. Rondell Moore's there. Zach Pascal's there. Three guys who I think play ahead of Michael Wilson. So unless they're in four wide receiver sets, I don't know if I see any fantasy relevancy to him. And you're, this to me would be a two to three year investment to hopefully encourage the fact that he has fantasy relevancy. Um, But don't like the Arizona landing spot. The quarterback situation is a little dumpster fiery. I'm just, I'm not a fan personally.
2: You're really worried about Zach Pascal in front of him? I'm worried about Colt McCoy. Yeah, but that's this is a dynasty football. So I guess I don't hate it. Um, at this point in the draft, it's all crap shoot, throw a dart, hope it sticks. You get a wide receiver that's going to get early snaps. So you know if you can cut court early or not. So
0: I like it. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's someone that the Cardinals don't have when you look at Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore. He is a true X wide receiver. Um, was drafted in the third round. Um, wasn't healthy um, in his career at Stanford, um, so that'll be something to watch. But, like, by all accounts, like from camp, he's been very impressive. Um, he might not be too hot, at least initially, if, with whoever ends up being quarterbacks to start of the year, but... I think he's definitely got some upside, and when you look at some of the other guys that are available, I, maybe there's one guy I would take over him, but I think this was probably about the right call uh, for Stefan here at 3.8. Moving on to 3.9. Kevin's on the clock, and he took a qu- the first quarterback of the round, Stetson Bennett, quarterback for the L.A. Rams. Nick, what do you think about this one? This dude's old as fuck. Yeah.
2: Um, Stafford's body's pretty much deteriorating, so you might be able to get some snaps this year. See what you have. He's twenty-five. I mean, it's not like he's gonna a, be
0: twenty-six in like in yeah, a month.
2: Like, oh, there's some stupid stat where he like was in college as a quarterback who's been in the league for a long time now. But
0: I think like Lamar Jackson or something.
2: Yeah, like it's absurd. Some of the people he played college football against. He won. He won a lot at Georgia. It helps that he had some of the best defenders. That's basically the entire Philly defense, but yeah, we'll see. Um, if he lands anywhere and gets any offensive head coach, this is by far the best landing spot imaginable. And Kevin's certainly looking to rebuild, so if he can hit on a third-round quarterback, kudos.
1: Yeah, this is I mean, obviously the age is the big piece here. I mean, I might was he the oldest person drafted this year? Had to have been right.
2: I would assume, yeah. Sure as hell hope so. There's no brand yeah. Whedon's.
1: Yeah. And that's the that's the piece there is obviously, you know, for a rebuilding or potentially looking to rebuild team, drafting somebody who's 25, understanding that yes, the the spot is enticing. Like Nick said, Stafford is a little bit banged up. But, I mean, Safford's also one of the most resilient quarterbacks in the league. So
0: Didn't happen last year.
1: No, it, it it didn't. You're not right. I mean, you're not wrong. But he also said issues standing upright last year, mm-hmm. which means Stetson, ben, Stetson Bennett's going to have the exact same issues. Um, great wide receiver room to throw to. Running back situation is a little rough, but like, like Nick said, it's it's a great landing spot.
0: Yeah, I feel like, you know, McVeigh and the Rams have kind of been banished to the shadow realm after last year. But, you know, they've been the toast of the town from the offensive, you know, fantasy dynasty world for the last couple of years. So if he gets a shot, if McVeigh believes in him, why not? Um, I, I don't know if I would have gone with him here, but I, you know, from where Kevin's team's sitting, there are certainly worse dice rolls you can make than McVeigh's potential quarterback in waiting. I don't know. Moving on to the 10th pick here in the third round, we have Steve back on the clock, and he took Cedric Tillman, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Dan, what do you think of this one?
1: Um, Again, another interesting, crowded Room Amari Cooper obviously is not going to be a problem, but between Elijah Moore, DPJ, Tillman being here, Marquise Goodwin sitting in the mix, um, Watson gets a lot of targets to play off, obviously Tillman had a great year at Tennessee, I I don't hate this, I, I don't, I think it's a, I think he's an explosive player and I think he could be great for this offense if he builds the chemistry up with Watson.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a stupidly crowded wide receiver room of, you know, you have uh, the one top tier and then just mediocre talent everywhere for a insanely run-heavy team. So that's a little troublesome, but there are a lot of open targets with Hunt leaving. So we should see, again, you know, with this entire draft pretty much, an older prospect, 23 coming in. We'll see. I don't know. It's hard to say much about the rest
0: of these picks are pretty much all we'll seize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only interesting thing here is I guess he could be kind of the you know, Donovan people's Jones has been pretty inconsistent, but he's definitely their X wide receiver. And I believe this is his last year on the team. So maybe Tillman can take over mid season or definitely be like the guy long-term for this squad. Um, but I, definitely kind of like the upside. I think Tillman's probably someone I would have taken over a couple guys previously drafted. So I like this one a fair amount for Steve. Moving on to the 11th pick here in the third round, Jer was on the clock and he took Zach Evans running back for the LA Rams. Nick, should we be excited about this pick? Yeah, I mean, as excited
2: as a dart throw, you get a running back for a a team that Hasn't really had a bell cow emerge, you know. They've kind of tried to make Cam Akers a thing, but he either can't stay healthy or his usage is just super weird, and it seems like they're not really behind him. So he was good in college. It's an exciting offense to have a piece of, and if you get a running back into it, which Jair needs running backs, this is kind of a perfect hit.
1: I think it's a flyer pick. I like, like they said, it's a, it's an interesting backfield um acres who should be the bell cows having issues Kyron of room they they drafted last year um has seen any action this preseason and so i mean who knows what we're gonna expect out of him so zach evans has an opportunity to step up and emerge as the number two challenging for the number one running back um it's a flyer though and i i don't fault the take um am i thrilled about it no but i i, I mean i understand why it was picked here
0: what is your guys thought process because Every year we have guys like Zach Evans, guys that basically, a year ago this time, he was challenging for, you know, maybe RB2, RB3 in a lot of people's mind. Um, he was a five-star recruit, um, had an up and down high school, or excuse me, college career. Um, but I think a lot of people, even with all that said and some of the disappointment, was surprised that he, I think, was drafted like the second or third to last pick in the sixth round. Um You know, the upside is certainly there um, just from a physical like trait perspective. But, you know, I don't know, I guess, how do you guys like view these players that have underperformed or fallen um, from grace um, in the eyes of, quote unquote, experts?
2: Well, we're about to have a wide receiver coming up here shortly that will be the poster boy for it. The NFL scouts, they get very few wrong. Sure, you can say Tom Brady, what have you. Mm-hmm. They generally know what the fuck they're doing. So follow the draft capital. And that's kind of been my
1: strategy. I don't think it's a bad strategy to have.
0: I like it. I agree with you. Uh, all right. Wrapping up the last pick here in the third round is yours truly. And I went with a tight end. Luke Uh Tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, my thought process here is... I mean, tight ends are usually pretty solid dart throws here in the third and fourth round. Uh, was a second round draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, a team that I think historically drafts well, a team that historically uses their tight ends. Um, we'll see. I'm not expecting much this year, but I think he could be a long term play and uh, have some decent results.
1: I, agree. I mean, okay. Yep. I This was one of the guys that I was looking at. Um where I was sitting at five just cause I like the, I don't know if I believe in the whole Jake and Kevin, yeah, I fucking, I'm going to take the Wisconsin <laughs> bullshit from you. I don't know if I buy the whole Jake Ferguson thing. Um, you know, Ferguson have a six five two forty five, shooting makers, six five two fifty. Um, So both guys are built almost identical and now it's same age, but one guy's got one year NFL experience. So Ferguson does have the upper hand, but I like the potentially dynamic. I mean, it's hard to say dynamic Dallas offense because Dak is just so inconsistent at times, mm-hmm. but it's a good landing spot. It's a good opportunity to win a starting role. While it might not be this year, it could be in years to come. So I, I like him and his landing spot.
2: Yeah, can't ask for much better of a landing spot. I mean, Dalton Schultz just left the high draft capital. The only problem is. If I'm remembering right, isn't he, like, a really big blocking tight end, not so much big on the receiving?
0: He, initially at Michigan, yes, he was utilized more as a blocker runner, uh, but Michigan was historically, you know, been a run-heavy team. Yeah. But this last year, they kind of unleashed him, uh, quote-unquote, and he really took, you know, really prospered. So, I think there is some potential upside with that. We'll see.
2: Yeah, so... Well like you said, we'll see Dalton Schultz was used well um, before that. I mean, they've always used their tight ends well. Yeah. Jason Witten was a stud for a decade during a different quarterback, but still same team.
0: So we'll see. Jerry loves his tight ends. Uh, all right, let's start the fourth round, and Steve is back on the clock, and we're keeping it rolling with the night of tight end. Uh, Steve's starting both rounds with tight ends. Uh, this, and he's staying in the same team. I like that consistency. Uh, Steve takes Tucker Craft, tight end for the Green Bay Packers. Um, thoughts?
2: Steve's I, I, got a bit to rebuild. Tight ends take a bit to, uh-huh. you know, kind of flourish. So throw as much shit against the wall and see what sticks by the time you're competing.
1: The fact that he grabbed one guy who potentially... I mean, Musgraves is obviously the the had honcho there yeah grabbing the guy that they drafted to also play the same position is not a bad strategy to say well i got a 50 50 shot should one of these guys decide to show up and not and i i can't fault him
0: yeah it's always interesting too when you see teams that take two positions relatively or one position relatively highly twice um i think for tight ends this happened with uh Baltimore, when they took Hayden Hurst, and then like around later, they took Mark Andrews. Um, Everyone's trying to replicate the
2: Aaron Hernandez
0: Gronk in like back to back rounds. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But third round draft capital, um, I think the Green Bay offense is going to be interesting. It'll be interesting if Kraft can, I don't know, gain any traction in Musgrave, who seems to be running away uh, in favor with the Green Bay offense. All right, 4.2. Chris is on the clock, and we're going back to the player that Nick alluded to. Uh, This, a year ago, would have been a very surprising pick to make it all the way in the fourth round. But Kayshawn Boot, but, whatever you want to go with Booty? 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 Uh, Wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Yeah, last year at this time, he was like a top
2: 10 pick. Yeah. top five pick. He was the poster boy of amazing wide receiver. And then. lord only knows
1: dumpster fire
2: but that there you go is do you i mean he was good in college though he just had a rough last year with injury and i guess just not playing
0: but he was kelly to not like him
2: no he was really good the year prior he didn't really disappoint and then just fell off the side of the earth so who knows um Obviously, we saw he's he's talented as fuck at LSU. I mean, that year he put up was unbelievable. So it's there is the work ethic and all that. Luckily, he goes to Belichick. So we'll see. He definitely is in, a again, a light wide receiver room, but has a god-awful quarterback throwing to him. So he'll get snaps, but if they're good snaps is a whole other
1: question. Okay, let's quit with the god-awful bullshit here. Mac Jones sucks. Okay, so Mac Jones has things to prove this year. I wouldn't go down the Mac Jones sucks train, but Mac Jones obviously came out of... Trubisky
2: 2.0. No. Really? A less mobile Trubisky
0: trubisky Trubisky's been better than Mac Jones. I'm
1: not not disagreeing with that, but I think that, I mean, I think that's tough to put that label on him this early. early, He's going into his third year. Yeah, third year, that's fine. So is Justin Fields. Yep. Everything I get the hype around Fields because he's mobile, but Fields hasn't shown anything either.
0: Compared to Mac Jones. Oh, I'm not, I, I'm
1: not this is not well, an
2: argument you want to die on.
1: All right, fuck it. Then we'll we'll go this way. Yeah, wide open receiver room, ability to create connection, uh, talented as fuck. Um, just needs the opportunity, and if Belichick sees it, he's going to give it to him. And you just hope that between him and Mac they connect.
0: Yeah, for me after Craft, I. Don't really love any of the wide receivers no, this on is the all, board. This is all I fun. rather just show for the rest of this. Game. I rather just roll the dice on running backs that have a probably higher chance of hitting and being fantasy relevant. Um, I, you know, he has the talent, the pedigree. Well, quote unquote pedigree. Um, maybe he can rekindle that and Belichick can get something out of him. But um, I'm skeptical. Um, all
2: uh, right. ready. Go on. ahead. Nick. Mac Jones last year. Fantasy points per game, QB 36. Fantasy points, QB 23. Justin Fields, QB 6. How
0: many cor- Or how many teams are there in the NFL? Yeah. All
2: right. Mac Jones He's had... Rushing ability. It, well, in fairness. What are the passing stats?
1: What are the passing stats? Mac Jones had
2: 2,900 yards to Fields 22. Mac Jones had... 14 touchdowns to Fields 17.
1: Okay.
2: Both had 11 picks. Fields got sacked 21 more times. Fields had a thousand yards more running, and seven more running touchdowns.
0: Okay. <laughs> Mac, Mac <laughs> Jones had a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator, so maybe that's not great. I don't know, I'm trying to help you, Dan But
2: yeah Uh, And Fields was literally throwing two dumpsters last year
1: I mean Darnell Mooney's a dumpster?
0: He was dead for most of the
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you're you're sitting here Like, you're coming in Like, yeah, DJ Moore's there But like, Claypool and Moore, or Claypool and Mooney Just moved down one spot And you can't be, like, if you're saying that now you like As a Bears fan Claypool
2: came over at the trade deadline So that's what week eight And Fields missed two games at the end of the year. So he played six games with him.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Mooney played 12 games, I guess. I don't know. All I know is I have flashbacks of Dante Pettis and Equinemius St. Brown being the the go-to guys for Field. So I I don't know. Um, All right. let's, Let's get back to the rookie draft. And I'm back on the clock here with the third pick in the fourth round. I went, th- went with a running back, generic uh, Prince, running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, honestly, at this point, I my logic is I, I don't think, you know, maybe one guy in the fourth round is going to hit. Um, and I feel like the most likely person to hit is going to be a running back. So give me a guy on the, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the explosive, talented offense um, for a coach that, you know, isn't afraid to play. An undrafted player, you know, a a lowly guy bench the back or bench the starting guy. Um, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I'll roll the dice on this guy.
1: It's tough, dude. Like, I mean, you got Pacheco who beat out Ceh, who's just a year older than him. P Ryan's a year older than both those guys. Jarek McKinnon's a guy on the outs with being 31, I think, is what he is. 30, yeah, 31. It's, it's a tough shot with the. Up in the air aspect to it so yeah you have the upside but pacheco's been the guy ceh is fucking the coach's daughter which is the only logical explanation for me there and the michael p ryan's the struggling shot coming over from cincinnati so at this point in time we get to the dear christ please let this hit options yeah
2: i've legit never heard of this person (laughs) um but like, you just ran through a list of running backs. I think the only one you really want is probably Jarek McKinnon because he's going to catch all the passes. Yeah, but he's 31. Yeah. They'll draft someone. They're starting running backs not on that roster. For this For season, future. it is. Well, obviously. Uh, and I think it's Jarek McKinnon.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, unfortunately, like, the the big Patrick Mahomes cap it is starting to hit them. So I don't know if we're going to see... I'm heavily invested in the running back position. Um, Exactly. So you draft one higher for four years and you're Gucci. Or you rely on an undrafted free agent. Prince, come on down. All right, let's move on. Fourth pick here in the fourth round. Steve's back on the clock. He took a quarterback, probably, I mean, it might not be far fetched to say the most impressive rookie quarterback this preseason Aiden O'Connell, quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Dan, be honest. Have you
1: heard of this guy before two weeks ago? Fuck no. And my sister works in the Big Ten. <laughs> no, but he, I mean, he had a great 15 for 18, 141, a touchdown. Current roster spot is Will Levis, and a bunch of other bullshit with it. Um, it. Will Levis. Hasn't been the most. Yeah, it's it's what's on.
2: Are you talking about Steve's team?
1: Yeah, Steve's team.
2: Oh, I thought you're talking about the Raiders,
1: Yeah, Raiders. No, yeah, no. But obviously, Garoppolo has the injury pieces to it Hoyer's been long time backup, but he's 37. So this is a, it's, it's a decent landing spot. If we don't trust grapple at 31 and the other guy at 37, it's youth. And if he can learn the system, learn the offense and do what he's done, this could be a fucking steal. This could be the steal of, of the draft potentially. Oh, wow, that's some bold claims. Nick, do you agree I, I, with that? It's, it's, an yeah, it's interesting other not, draft
2: yeah. is a player I've never heard of. So I, I guess um, Steve's Teams has a ton of holes. If he can throw a dart and hit a quarterback late, more power to him. But 24-year-old rookie quarterback, you don't feel great about.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I think he is the backup, but I do think he's going to get an opportunity this year just because Jimmy Garoppolo is not uh, the model for health. And while age is an issue for most positions, I don't know if I care about it too much at the quarterback position, just because the refs coddle the quarterbacks and they can play for forever theoretically. I'm not I'm not in Dan's boat though saying he's going to be the steal of the draft, but he's intriguing. It's I guess a fun option for Steve's rebuilding team. I would rather, you know, swing at at literally any position but a wide receiver at this point. So tight end running back quarterback i think those are players that very quickly you're going to know if they hit and if they hit they're going to accumulate a lot more value wide receivers none of these guys are going to break out and if they do hit it's going to be like their career high is going to be six seven hundred yards which is basically fantasy irrelevant so i like the the mindset going for this pick i guess all right, moving on to the fifth pick here in the fourth round.
1: Great name.
0: I, can you pronounce it for me? Uh, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua.
1: Literally,
2: the only reason I have my mock, on my mock at 412 is because of his name.
0: Puka Nakua, wide receiver for the LA Rams. Dan, since you know his name, you got to know a lot about him.
1: Yeah, Puka Nakua, fucking out of BYU, which means he's never had sex before. Um, it's cups, the king in that there, or cup in that. Bear. The, that wide receiver room, Jefferson's proven he can do it. Skoronic's been good. He'll compete for wide receiver four, but outside of that, that's injury relevancy and. Skoronic's
0: never broken forty catches or four hundred yards in his career.
1: He's two years in out
0: of Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, but yeah, like... it's
0: Cooper Cup or bust
1: van jefferson still has some relevancy because somebody has to yeah. catch the ball outside of that and obviously you've got him well, maybe could the other Pukenikua. option He's got could've could've 200
2: on. catches very well could be
1: nick
0: do you have any strong opinions on puka nikua no
2: i'm just pumped i got
0: him right at being drafted just because i picked him because of his name all right yeah i mean it's an open you know wide receiver room I just went on my rant that I don't really like draft and ride receivers right now, but kudos to Kevin. He gets the one-two combo of Stetson Bennett and Puka Nakua taking the league by storm next year. I can feel it. Uh, moving on to the sixth pick here yeah, in the, I hit this in the last fourth name. round. All right, let me just see. Is he a Bonaconda running back for the New York Jets? Um. I think I did well with the name, but Dan, what do you think about this guy?
1: Cook, Hall, Carter. Yeah. That, I mean, he's 20, so that age is the aspect of that. We're excited here. Uh, on Knight, who is I, – I think he'll get cut, but that's yep. just me. Um, but bringing in Dalvin Cook, drafting Brees Hall. What was he, number three overall last year? No, 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 you're right. That's my bad. But Michael Carter still being there, I don't, I don't think he has any fantasy relevancy, especially after the Dalvin Cook signing.
2: Yeah, that Devin Cook signing really neutered him.
0: Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, if he's a running back, if he if he stays on the squad, you know, and makes the fifty-three man roster, I'll, I'll be intrigued by him. But the Delvin Cook signing really put a damper on things. But at at the same time, I mean, we can go on a tangent ramp on Cook, but Rodgers clearly wants to win now. And I think that was the biggest means behind that signing. It wasn't because Izzy Abaconda sucks. I think it's just a circumstance of a player available that they wanted to help a position that has someone coming off a major injury. I like it. It's a running back could, you know, injuries happen. We've seen crazy shit happen to black backfields. And before you know it, like the There's like black backfield. Yeah, he did definitely just say a hundred thousand percent.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know, dude.
0: we're definitely getting canceled now. When you talk like for 70% of this episode, it's, it's not <laughs> fantastic. Fun. You're bound to like say something racist by mistake. Doesn't well, everyone do it? I'm
1: glad, to, <laughs> um, I'm glad to know I'm that one that didn't didn't get us canceled right there.
0: And I can't even blame it on Uncle Tito. And, um, no, and you can't
1: cut that out either. If you're no, still missing at this point in time, and yep, nope, it's happened. No, but my point is, if a, basically any running back with a
0: pulse that makes an NFL roster intrigues me, because crazy shit happens, and running backs succeed more times than not based on opportunity, not by talent. So if a team's going to give a running back 15 touches for whatever reason, they're going to be fantasy relevant. Now it's going to take injuries, probably an easy situation for that to happen, but it's a sport, it's a spot that, you know, unfortunately takes a brunt of a lot of contact and, you know, injuries do happen. And one of the guys out of them has a coming off torn ACL. Um, so who knows? All right, moving on to the seventh pick here in the fourth round. And, Nick, uh, you're on the clock here, and you took a wide receiver, Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Well, excuse me, what are your thoughts here, Nick, and what was the mindset?
2: Someone there's got to catch the ball. I've yeah. got Mechie, so if he fails, maybe it's Hutchinson. My starting is pretty good, so let's throw a dart.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a dart, 100%. It's... Who is Stroud going to have connections with? Obviously, we've got two rookies that are coming into this backfield or into this receiver core. Um, You hope you catch one of them, and you hope one of them catches a fucking bolt of lightning. Uh, Dalton Schultz obviously has fantasy relevancy. You're being uh, a rookie, could be his best friend, but it's a shot. I I agree with the the play here. Yeah,
0: I actually didn't mind him um, at Iowa State. Um, he's an intriguing guy and I think you're right, Nick, you know, someone's got to catch the ball in this team. Um, maybe he can, you know, make it happen. Um, I don't hate this more than some of the other wide receivers taken moving on to the eighth pick here in the fourth round Zane on the clock with his only pick of the draft takes Trey Palmer wide
1: receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dan, what do you think about this one? Godwin Evans question mark. And this is a young kid that has the opportunity to slate slate himself in and mm-hmm. give himself a chance to make an, an impact and a turn some heads in the in the preseason and hope that he can win himself a spot. Best thing you're looking as a slot wide receiver for, but you don't feel good when Baker Mayfield is your starting quarterback. Yeah. And that's that's a tough spot here. So this is a Maybe, okay, if he kind of, holy shit, maybe I can piece myself together for one to two years before they get somebody better than Baker in here. But we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, if Brady was still the quarterback, I think Palmer might have flirted with like a early third-round pick. Um Nick, I mean, what do you think of this guy? Anything to be excited about? Looking at Tampa's depth chart for offense is horrible.
1: It's really it, bad.
0: If you cross out Godwin and Evans, it doesn't it's even look like an Like, an who NFL is
1: team. Kalon Geiger? Yeah, you got to ask, you can't afford them. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, it's the same situation as Hutchinson. Someone's got to catch balls. I mean, this team has two stud wide receivers, but... It might just be those guys. Yeah, their running backs they suck. Their tight end's questionable. Their mm-hmm. other wide receiver's super questionable. But their quarterbacks also are Baker, Mayfield, and Kyle Trask. So, you don't feel great, but who knows?
0: I like it. Let's move on. Ninth pick here in the fourth round. Jer is back on the clock, his final pick of the draft. He goes with A.T. Perry, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Nick, do you know who this guy is? Not a chance. Do you have any thoughts after looking at his profile page, what to think of him? Well, No. <laughs> okay.
2: Like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> feel doing. way this guy gets sees the field. He's older. I mean, He's decently big, but Michael Thomas isn't a small human. I'd... Sure.
1: Olave Thomas, quan has been typically the guy, that's Rashid Shaheed guy I've never heard of before, and then A.T. Perry. I mean, and we also know the gimmick and the bullshit guys on this fucking roster.
0: Juwan Your boy, same
1: oh, I'm not going to fucking do it. Jawan Johnson um, really came out last year to to show that he might have some fantasy relevancy, but It's a dart throw. Who knows what's going to be up with fucking Michael Thomas this year. Um, And you hope that he has some relevancy again. Just all darts.
0: Yeah, I mean, pretty clearly the fifth, sixth guy on the step chart. Don't love it, but uh, they're all dart dart throws here. So why not? Uh, Nick, you're back on the clock with your last pick here in the draft. And you go with Dwayne McBride running back for the Minnesota Vikings. What was the thought process here?
2: Didn't Madison get hurt or is battling something?
0: Probably. I feel like
1: he's always been banged up. in It's, un- it's undisclosed at the moment, yes.
0: Yeah,
2: so that was my thought process. Maybe I steal a few snaps at running back with this dude if my team
1: dies. Yeah, I mean Tyson Chandler, CJ Ham still being on the roster. I don't think he sees a whole lot of relevancy. He is 25, so we do have another 25 year old player that. Or I'm sorry, no, it's Madison. This 25. What the fuck are you talking? 22. Did I had the wrong tab open? Give me a fucking <laughs> I break. I was so confused. Give me a fucking break here. Out of UAB, um, but I don't, I don't know if he sees depth chart relevancy.
0: Yeah, I don't really like Madison. I think he's going to be one of the bigger fantasy busts here. Um, So if he's a bust, someone's got to emerge, or maybe this is just going to be an ugly backfield, or maybe this is where Kareem Hunt or Lenny Fournette or some random vet signs. Um, I'm all, I I think, throwing the dice on a running back that's in a backfield that's up for grabs, um, that they're on the roster, I'm all for that. So McBride has pretty low risk, but could really potentially pay off. So I, I respect the dart, or dart throw here. Uh, moving on to the 11th pick here in the fourth round, I go with uh, Sean Tucker. Um, and remember all that stuff I just said about a backfield that's kind of wide open with no one really cementing themselves? Uh, yep. That's kind of how Tampa Bay looks right now. Um, Tucker was undrafted, but had medical issues that kind of flagged him during the combine. And, you know, who knows if that's what caused him to fall out of the draft. But I think he has talent, and I think the backfield's open enough that he could potentially have an opportunity. So, I'm, you know, I I like rolling the dice on a guy like him.
1: Yeah, this is open a prayer pick for you. I don't fault you here. This is one of those ones where obviously the guy that we're going to talk about next has maybe a little bit bigger of an opportunity just because of situations. But this is where you hope somebody finds fantasy relevancy.
2: Look at you going two undrafted running backs. Sean Tucker, though. Like pre-combine they were talking running back three or four in the class so it's another one of how the mighty has fallen but lands in a good good goodish spot has great talent it's just all down to that medical which I think they've kind of kept hush hush so I don't know how that
1: he's been playing in
2: preseason
0: games
1: yeah so so you imagine
2: it's good but I don't know if it's like girly where it's going to come out in a year or two that he doesn't have a knee
0: Yeah no idea with that but it's why not fourth round yellow. yep all right last pick i'm back on the clock and i took evan hull running back for the indianapolis colts um honest i, I was kind of surprised he wasn't drafted with the uh, jonathan taylor you know murkiness to the situation the colts are someone that they really have homegrown talent or give like their guys like the opportunity so I think if something does happen with Taylor or if he just doesn't play, I think Cole's going to have a chance to play and whether he's good or not, who knows. Um, but I, yeah, fifth round running back, you know, he's on a team that could be an open backfield. Why not roll the dice? I'll take it.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a hundred percent the dice roll with it. Obviously Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, two years out of Duke. I mean, hasn't really shown much fantasy relevancy. Um, Got a chance to compete, and I mean Zach Moss is no pie in the sky guy that's coming off of it, especially if Taylor is traded. This again, this is with all the rel with all the bullshit that's come around with Taylor, who knows? I mean, this very well could be Evan Ole's opportunity to step in and take over, but I mean it's a it's a long toss.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's an open ish backfield with if Taylor's gone. If Taylor's there yeah, events, yeah, so for sure. Might as well for four twelve, just take the throw.
0: Hell yeah! All right, well, that I mean, kind of wrapped up the our rookie draft. Any thoughts with the third and fourth round? I mean, I know we just went through picks, but anything you guys want to add before we kind of look back at the first and second rounds?
2: Not too much. I mean, this is wasn't an abnormally deep class, so it kind of lacked even in the beginning of the second or even beginning of the third was a little rough. So
1: hopefully next year's a little better, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, this was, I, I'll, I'll say it was a weak draft class after the first couple of rounds. I think even maybe late, mid-second, we started stretching a little bit, but. Just funny. Be, it's,
2: oh, sorry. No, go ahead. This class was hyped so much. And then just kind of, meh.
1: I feel like most draft classes are hyped, though. Oh yeah. The next class is always the best. Yes. Yeah. And we just, by the time we get to the draft, it's like, well, at least the first round was great.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still a little bit more optimistic on this draft class. I think because of all the running backs that went a little bit later, there's, you know, some opportunities for them to shine. Like obviously they don't look sexy right now because they're, fourth fifth six undrafted you know players but six months from now who knows maybe they cemented themselves or really shown stuff on the field so i'm a little bit more optimistic um but we'll see how it plays out um all right let's just kind of real quick um first round or like we'll look back at the first and second round of the nfl draft or of our rookie draft um first round i mean anything sticking out from you guys we did this obviously a uh, little over three months ago. Um, any players that three months later, you're like, ooh, this, this pick was rougher. Damn, I think so-and-so got a steal. Anyone sticking out for you guys right now? Uh, maybe
2: Zay Flowers. I mean, he's gotten a shit ton of hype. He maybe could have gone a little higher, but who knows? Um, for pretty much everyone, it's early. You know, Kincaid was getting a lot of hype. He hasn't done too much. Um, same with uh, Will Levis, but I don't know. I think overall, if I would redo the first round now, there's not too much I would change.
1: Yeah, the first one I think pretty much sits sits good. The Hendon Hooker pick for me at at 2.2 is where I start questioning. I think it's the first pick I question why the player win that in that spot. Um, the JSN injury obviously hurts. But outside of that, I mean, yeah. everything else has been pretty decent,
2: So he broke a bone in his wrist. He's getting surgery, but he's gonna be ready in two weeks as a
1: well, I see favorite. I see three to four
0: yeah, there's been like some range of stuff, but like there's nineteen games until or nineteen days until the the opener. So it'll be interesting. But, yeah, that seems. If crazy, I broke a bone in my wrist, modern medical,
2: I'm out for three four months. Yeah, let alone catching sixty mile an hour fastballs and getting <laughs> tackled by massive human beings. I guess, but I don't know if I buy nineteen days. I think that injury is going to be a little bigger than initially said.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the good, well, knock on wood. You hope it. It's just that, and he's back by end of September, and. You know, it's a small blip on the radar, or at least that's what I'm hoping. Nick, yeah, anything um, for you in the the second round? Catch your eye or second round, not too
2: much. Um Shar I even at the time I thought Charbonnet falling that far was crazy. I tried trading up like every pick to get him. And he's looking great. Had a little minor injury, but I think still looks good. Um otherwise no it's the it, it's hard class to kind of get in order and we have such little exposure because they're playing the bottom of the rosters or the top of the roster that it, it's hard to see
0: Yeah. Right. well when we you know when we look at the rookie draft obviously it's a fun time for player for teams to improve their spots you know improve uh, add talent um it's one of the easiest ways to add talent to your team Two, everyone had picks except for Sam and Adam. Um, Sam, I mean, has a pretty strong team, but Adam's team is a little, little rough. Um, I mean, this isn't really surprising, I guess. I feel like we've had drafts with more than two people, but any thoughts on that with just with two players having no picks in a draft? Yeah, that's, it's not fun to look at like, Even me looking at one-fourth for next
2: year, it's not fun. Um, It's the easiest, cheapest way to get better, and everyone else just got better but you. So that kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, this is the... I mean, for some of these players, this is the cheapest they will be available. It's a crapshoot. You don't know who this player is going to be. Like Bryce Young may or may not be the cheapest right now, maybe the most expensive, but... You know, if you believe in them, like this is your chance to get like the next Justin Jefferson, the next George Kittle, the next, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, whoever. Um cheapest, you know, they'll you'll ever find them if but depending on where they go. Dan, any thoughts on your end?
1: I mean it's This is where you hope you did a good research. You hope you took the time to analyze, figure out, put yourself in the best possible draft situation. I mean, obviously Nick not having many picks next year, but some other people having three, four first rounders, you hope they all plan out. And if they don't pan out, well, you're back to the drawing board and you're, thank you for your donation. And if they do welcome to making money. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Before we kind of wrap up our uh, rookie
0: talk, um let's put on our you know look into our crystal balls um let's do some thought process and how we think things will shake out for these rookies um right now the top we're going to go through the top guys at each position um and they are right now in order quarterback anthony richardson running back B. John robinson wide receiver jackson smith and jigba and tight end dalton Kincad. these are the guys that are you know highest on rankings or the highest on actual draft results Um I mean, actually both in both cases, um, you know, do we think a year from now, like these are going to be the same four guys that are at the top of the the position for each of them? Um, let's start with quarterback. I mean, can Anthony Richardson hold off um, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud or, you know, just Aiden O'Connell, Dan Steele of the draft, jump up and, you know, take the, the top spot? Any mean, thoughts on that? I'll,
1: I'll start just because I, I you draft got yeah. Yep. I th- I think Rich is going to be the guy. Um. Everything I've seen out of camp, out of out of film and everything like that, he ter- looks like he's going to be the guy. We have some continued work to do in the passing game, but so did Josh Allen. And if Richardson can grow and develop and have the pieces around him to compete, yes, I think he, looking into next year, will be the best quarterback out of this draft.
2: Yeah, but that's the thing is having the pieces around him to compete. I don't think he does. Especially if he loses JT. That's huge. I think next year I'd say Young has the best season. He has probably the best supporting cast. Easiest division. So I think he's probably gonna be statistically the best quarterback at the end of the year. Do you think wise? Be... Oh, I could on. see Richardson probably doing it just because of his legs especially if jt's gone but does the fantasy relevancy keep him his job they what they gave up to get him maybe but that's where you kind of get in that gray area you kind of have that same like kyler murray you know everyone's kind of souring on him but he's been an amazing fantasy quarterback so i think young will be qb1
0: of this class next year. I like it. Does C.J. Stroud have a chance? Anyone want to talk into the the pro argument I mean, for that sure for he has a chance. I mean, I think he, any three of these you could just throw
2: up, and one of them I would not be surprised. Um, he probably has the weakest supporting cast, so that's kind of his biggest knock, but he's also going to be playing from behind the most, and we will just be able to air it out and get garbage points, so
0: it's very possible.
1: I don't disagree
0: all right if you had to pick someone that isn't those three to be fantasy relevant a year from now who are you taking
2: um probably will
0: love us. dan
1: I'll die, I'll die on the hill aiden o'connell
0: okay all right let's move on to running backs and right now obviously it's b john robinson um nick you took b john i mean is there a path short of injury for any running back to pass him at this point in your mind um, yeah. I mean, they're, his offense and team
2: just aren't good, so they're mm-hmm. going to be playing from behind quite a bit. Um, Jameer Gibbs seems to be heavily involved. Throw the dart. You know, Charbonnets looked really good. If Miami doesn't get a running back, you know, he Devin Aiken has a good shot, too. The problem with Bijan is his team sucks, but He is amazing. And I think someone of that talent, that draft capital will be fed. And I think he's my running back one. Obviously, I traded God knows what to get him. So
0: I sure as fuck hope so.
1: I'll die die on the Bijan Hill for you. No, nobody touches Bijan.
0: Yeah, I think short of injury, I think Bijan has to be the guy. I think Gibbs can make it interesting, but I, I, I don't think Bijan's just so far ahead right now. Like, he has to really shit the batter get injured. To... But that team's so bad. Yeah, like, but I mean... Like, Ritter is backs, not good. He's not, but like, again, running backs, he's going to get the opportunity. And Arthur Smith is a stupid, frustrating man of a coach. But the dude knows how to run the ball. He's made Cordell Patterson relevant. He's made Tyler Algier like people were annoyed that they draft B. John. Um, I don't know. I think B. John will be fine. Now, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Desmond Ritter, everyone else, I don't know, but I think B. John will be fine. All right, moved on to wide receiver. Uh, Right now, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the guy. Um, But, well, quarterbacks are pretty close. Wide receiver, it's a blowout. Um wide or excuse me, quarterback and wide receiver are pretty close. Wide receiver's a blowout. Oh wow. He sucked it just, it up again. Running I guess, back is a blowout. Are you quarterback and wide receiver are pretty close. Yes. Thank you very much. See, I'm trying to keep you guys on your toes. Um, can is someone gonna challenge Jackson Smith in the jigba? Yes. Who's the who's the guy? You said that quickly. Zay Flowers. Oh, okay. I have I
2: have Jordan looks amazing. And I think with Especially now. I think JSN's gonna be out for a few weeks to start. They'll get him in slowly. He's third on the depth chart. I'm pretty sure Zay Flower is gonna be like wide receiver one on that roster. I don't have faith in Bateman beating him out.
1: I like Jordan Addison. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff is there. Like there's he I, he could be one dot one in redraft leagues for picks, but Jordan Addison's balled out. And he's shown that regardless of the stupid off field things, the guy knows how to play football. So with the injury piece to JSN, I think Jordan Addison plays uh plays a piece into there and wouldn't be surprised if he might have a higher redraft next year than than right now. So there were four
0: rookies or uh, four wide receivers taken in the first round last year, and we mentioned all but one Quinton Johnston. He's been getting kind of mixed results or, you know, depending on where you look in the fantasy world, you either love him or hate him. Where do you guys fall on it?
1: I don't like the two players he plays behind. He's Keenal, on my like and Matt Allen and Mike Wilson team. are both big names.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to have a slow way on, but he long-term
1: is... play. He could be very good.
2: Oh, long-term play. He's arguably the best wide receiver in this class. I would probably take him at one or two.
0: But for the next couple years, it's going to be slow. Um, does anyone outside of the first round, these four wide right receivers, can anyone challenge these guys in your mind? Or if you had to pick one guy, who would it be? Yeesh.
1: Um,
2: no, I really don't think so. There,
1: there's, there's not anybody but the only one that could possibly do it just because of where he is and the quarterback. Is rushing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it, and it's only because he's in a pass happy offense. That's it. The four wide receivers that went the first round should have been the four wide receivers that went, and that's what it was.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be one of these first rounders. I don't know which one, but I I think they're all going to be pretty darn good. All right, moving on to tight end. This one is similar to running back. It is, it is blowout. Uh, Dalton Kincat is definitely lapping the field. Uh, do you guys see it that way, or do you think someone else can emerge in this rather deep uh, tight end class? I don't I think mean, anyone touches him.
1: Yeah, I don't either, but I mean, Mayer's come out as the top spot. Laporta's come out as the top spot. Musgrave, if he's healthy, has opportunities to to do that. But then you look at the quarterback situation, and Kincaid has the best quarterback out of the other three guys. And, oh, he's got
2: the best path. He's really only fighting digs for catches.
1: No, no you're not. I I completely agree. And yeah, so I right. think the Bears got Adams. Laporte's got St. Brown. Musgrave has Christian Watson. Um, yeah, I think I think he's the relevant piece to it. I mean, my question would be for you guys between Mayor Laporta and Musgrave, where do you sit next?
2: Well, that's actually a tougher question. <laughs> um, it is. I have no idea if I picked it'd be wildly uneducated I'll just say
0: mayor by I think I would whatever yeah I think I would I guess lean Laporta just because I think this is probably to be the highest functional offense Um, and I think the Lions have no clear pass catcher two on this offense after St. Brown so I think Laporta has a pretty immediate opportunity to jump in and cement himself
1: well, fuck me for the rest of us. I had Musgrave okay. with it. He's the guy that's going to be up there. Tight ends are a young QB's best friend, and if he can, if he's healthy, it's going to be a guy that Love is going to depend on. I think. Mayor having Adams and the and um Goff having, our Saint Brown who's injured, but when he comes back, yep. I think it's the bigger piece to it. I think Musgrave competing with Christian Watson is the bigger piece to it.
2: So tight ends are a young quarterback's best friend, but are young tight ends a young quarterback's best friend? Since historically that's
1: nope. the hardest
2: place to, our position to develop in the NFL.
1: That's a valid point. No, I completely agree. Like, yeah. it, like I think, I think there's a lot of... If Kincaid is the true number one, I think the bigger debate is who turns out as tight end number two. And that's... I think that could be very interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I think... I mean, and when you look at... You know, where average draft position, you look at ranks, like, this is how it shakes out. It's Kincat, and then these next three right now are neck and neck. Um, Anyone after that that you guys like? Or could, you know, emerge, you know, Darnell Washington, Luke Schoonmaker, Tucker Craft, even some of the guys that went undrafted but were quickly claimed in our league, the Zach Kunz, the Brenton Strangers of the World, Elijah Higgins, um, Cameron Latou. Any of those guys catch your your, um, fancy? darn not Washington just cause he's a freak of nature, but
2: for some reason tight ends with the kind of like freak of nature, you know, Gusecki ask yeah, translated. So
1: yeah, I like shoemaker personally. I think, I think he's the guy that, that I like more, uh, more than craft more than some of the guys that didn't get drafted more than, I think I like him more than Washington personally. Um, just just because of the opportunity and the landing spot for the team.
0: I hope you're right. Uh, Drinking your Kool-Aid, Dan.
1: I appreciate that, man. It's all about
0: drinking. Well, anything else before we wrap up kind of the rookie draft and officially kind of get ready for real football and not hypothetical fantasy stuff with rookies that we debate for – Endless hours only for it to not matter very quickly after like a month or two. No,
1: I mean, I want to go watch Hard Knocks right now. So I'm going to be short-tweeting to the point to say, I mean, this last week of the preseason is going to kind of dictate some things for existing starters as well as key backup pieces trying to make the roster. And when we meet next week, we'll be going through, you know. We'll make our playoff picks.
0: Oh, yeah. Do our predictions.
1: Love it. I think I think we're prepped ready to go. There's a few,
2: I have like, six big injury notes that we kind of, this next week will be interesting to watch, but we'll see. You know, you got Cooper Cup, the Brees Hall, Javante Williams. They both are kind of being monitored. Joe Burrow is kind of really falling off the side of the earth. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, we're unsure, and now JSN. So I think those six players are going to be kind of interesting to see the news around them going into the beginning of the season.
0: Well, a week from now, when we're doing the podcast, we should have kind of the the season or the the beginning of the season IR guys. So we'll definitely, hopefully, have some clarity on a lot of those people, and we can definitely touch base on those. And then, you know, and then I just have Jonathan Taylor. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> or maybe he'll yeah, be traded. Gun to your head, is he traded uh, before the season starts? Nick, No, you know. no one that's going to pay that price. Dan, I would agree. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. On that note, it's been a pleasure. Until next week, adios.